Welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast, the best edition of the pod. I, of course, am your host, Tyler Crawley, and we are going to start because we kind of have to. The name of the podcast is Markets and Mortgages, and so we got to start with the big news out yesterday about mortgage rates, which I have to say surprised me a little bit. It was really funny, too, because someone had asked me where rates were. And I was getting ready to look the information up and I had Twitter up. And so it wasn't like, uh, you know, the, the phones are listening to you and an ad popped up because we were talking about rates. No, it was just happened to be like right around 10 a.m. when the data came out and I hadn't had time to look at it. But one of the guys from Bloomberg, Brian Chapata, had tweeted it like that exact second is when the rates came out. And he pointed out that mortgage rates had jumped to a 22 month high. Yeah, that was after a over 20 basis points jump jump week over week, according to the Freddie Mac Prime Mortgage Market Survey. So the 30-year fix jumped 23 basis points to average 3.45% for the week ending January the 13th. This is 66 basis points higher than the same time one year ago. The 15-year fixed was up 19 basis points. It is now at 2.62%, and that is 39 basis points higher than the same time one year ago. Now, Sam Cater, who is the chief economist at Freddie Mac, noted that climbing rates so far have not hurt the purchase market, but we could be getting close to a point where people are getting priced out. He said, quote, the rate increase was driven by the prospect of a faster than expected tightening of monetary policy in response to continued inflation exacerbated by uncertainty in labor and supply chains. The rise in mortgage rates so far this year has not affected the purchase demand, but given the fast pace of home price growth, it will likely dampen demand in the near future. It's very difficult to have an environment where home prices and rates are both moving up at the same time, or at least as quick or at least the same pace. So more than likely, we're going to see home prices start to slow to reflect what is happening in the mortgage market. Now, it should be noted, I said 22-month high. The last time rates were this high for the 30-year fixed was March 26th, 2020. Rates hit three and a half, and that was after a 15-point basis drop, or excuse me, a 15-basis point drop from the week prior. So, yeah, March 26, 2020 was the last time we saw something close to what we are witnessing right now. And it should be noted that this rate is actually lower than what we saw earlier this week from the Mortgage Bankers Association that reported an average rate of 3.52% for the week ending January the 7th. So that was last week. We will see if the Mortgage Bankers Association has an even bigger jump next week to reflect what is happening this week. So there's a little bit of a little spread there between what Freddie Mac is reporting and the Mortgage Bankers Association. Freddie Mac's kind of the gold standard. That's what most people look to. When you're, if you ever see someone quoting rates in an article, usually they're quoting the Freddie Mac numbers. That's looked at as probably being more accurate. But of course, rates, you know, they vary every day. They vary throughout the day. And so this is just an average. Um, this is what the sort of the is being reported week to week. And this is kind of the big number. And so, yeah, that's a big jump. 23. I got to say, I've been in the mortgage business now. This is going into my third year, like calendar year. Um, I've been there for almost two years. 
And I will say that this is the biggest jump that I've seen since watching the rates. I think we may have seen a drop by that much since I got into the business, but I've never seen a jump of 23 basis points. So a big jump any way you look at it, and it's, it's, it's big news. There's no doubt about that. And, of course, this is coming on the heels of all this discussion about inflation. And what does that mean? Well, the higher inflation gets, that means rates are going to have to move up. And a lot of times, you know, it's sort of, you know, what do they say, buy the rumor, sell the news. The markets price stuff in before the rate hikes actually happen. The prediction right now is for a March rate hike from the Fed, but mortgage rates are going to kind of already be moving in that direction. Because remember, the Fed's fund rate doesn't directly affect mortgage rates. So a lot of lending rates you're going to see are going to move before we see the big announcement from the Fed. And I'll tell you something, as the data keeps coming in on inflation, they're going to move in March. <laughs> I think some, now we're hearing some predictions. Was it JP Morgan? Someone now is saying four rate hikes. Um, so it... As this data comes in on inflation, there just has to be a rate hike sooner rather than later. And speaking of inflation, we did get some inflation data. So we got the CPI on Wednesday. We got the PPI, that's the producer price index, yesterday. And not good. It was it was actually worse than we thought. This is, of course, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Month over month, we saw a 0.2% increase which was lower than we have seen the last couple of months. Uh, in November, we saw a 1% month-over-month increase. In October, it was 06 So this is a, a, a good slowdown, but still moving in the up direction. And so year-over-year, year, final demand prices moved up 9.7% year-over-year. This is the largest year increase since data started first being calculated in 2010. This is a big jump. No doubt about that. And so the good news, if you want to call it that, is that price growth did slow significantly. But the bad news is, is the prices are still moving up. Uh, CPI lags PPI, which makes sense because, you know, producers pay more for goods. They will pass it on to their consumers, but there's a little bit of a lag there. So, you know, one month, can, you know, producers get hit with a with a price increase. By the time they increase prices, consumer prices, it's going to be a little bit of a while. So PPI is always going to be in front of CPI. And so that's why it's important to pay attention to PPI. And I can't show you because this is a podcast, at least for now, I am working on the video component and then I'll be able to show you using the magic of video. But if you do subscribe to my morning email, uh, I did put these charts in there looking at the CPI and PPI. And you can see the lack. I mean, you can see that like right after... You know, the crisis hit and then all of a sudden the Fed made its decisions and we started seeing upward movement in the economy. Prices were a little more level before producer prices. Producer prices spiked immediately. Consumer prices actually fell for a little bit and then started moving in that direction. So there's a slight lag when it comes to CPI. So it's important to follow PPI because that'll tell you what's going to be happening with consumer prices. So... I don't know if we're going to see consumer prices get to almost 10% like producer prices. Because remember, they were calling for 9.6, and here we are looking at 9.7. I don't know if consumer prices will get there, but they could. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust anyone making predictions now on what's happening with inflation. I will say that much. All right, before we run out of time, we're going to keep it a short show here on this Friday. It's my gift 
to you, the shorter show. <laughs> right? Oh, by the way, speaking of the show, so every day I look at the data on the podcast, who's downloading, what's happening, all that stuff, and it's fun to look at and appreciate everyone for listening, everyone for downloading the show. It's all, like, I don't see individual people. I just see overall numbers on how many downloads it got, listens, things like that. And for some reason, the Wednesday show just, it was, I think, almost five times the amount of downloads as my other shows. You know, I've been steadily increasing and I've been very happy about that. But for some reason, the Wednesday show, and was it because of my like clickbaity title where I was like, my mind was blown? Do I have to start doing clickbait? Don't worry, I'm never going to do that. I, I, I'm never going to do that. I know a lot of people say that, like, we're never going to do that. That's my goal is to never be clickbait. I'd rather have a small, loyal audience that trusts me than to build a huge audience and I have to do stupid clickbaity stuff. Oh, I'd hate that. That's why this show, I'm not really doing it for financial gain. It's really just me talking about what's happening in the mortgage industry. And if I pick up some people who are looking to buy a home, refi, whatever it may be, more power to me. <laughs> then I'm happy about that. But this show is really more about that than it is about me trying to monetize it and get the biggest audience possible. I mean, yeah, I would take Joe Rogan's audience, but... I'm not setting out to be the next Joe Rogan, clearly. That's because I'm talking about mortgages in the housing industry. I don't think you're ever going to have a broad-based audience like Joe Rogan. All right, what happened to all the Crash Bros? Where'd they go? They were just here not long ago. Where did they go? It seemed like just yesterday they were telling us the housing market crash was inevitable. And I've made fun of them many a times here on the podcast and will continue to do so because they deserve to be made fun of. And so not only was there a housing boom, as we all know, but now data clearly shows that foreclosures have not only fallen, all-time lows. <laughs> all-time lows. This uh, latest data is from Adam Data Solutions. Foreclosure filings. In 2021, we were 151,153. That made up, ready for this? 0.11% of all housing units. Woo, man. That foreclosure way really knocked us out. <laughs> They're telling us it's going to be like a tsunami. And it ends up like the wave pool at like a local water park. Not like the deadly one. What was that park in New Jersey? They did the great HBO thing on class action park that like killed people. No, it wasn't that crazy wave pool I'm talking about like a little baby, like weak wave pool. Filings were down 29% from 2020 and were down 95% when you compare them to the peak that we saw in 2010. And I think the 2020 comparison is somewhat accurate because yes, there was an eviction moratorium for a good part of 2020, but you did have a few months before that went into effect, just like a few months in you know the eviction moratorium for those that have forgotten ended in August. And so there's been a lot of time for these foreclosures to start moving forward. And they're not. I mean, yeah, sure. We're seeing a jump uh, in December. Data showed there were 17,971 U.S. properties with foreclosure filings. That's an 8% jump. Or I'm sorry, it's a 65% jump from a year ago because there were you know, none because it was a <laughs> for there was a moratorium on it, but it's down 8% for the previous month. So you think that number, if, if we were seeing a crisis on the horizon, you would, that number would be rising. 
it wouldn't drop 8% month over month. That just wouldn't happen. Uh, Rick Sharga, executive vice president reality track, said not only did the crash not happen, we aren't even seeing normal foreclosure rate, and we might not see that until the 20, to the end of this year. Saying, quote, the COVID-19 foreclosure tsunami that some people had anticipated is clearly not happening. Government and mortgage industry efforts have prevented millions of unnecessary foreclosures. And while it's likely we'll see a slight increase in the first quarter, we probably won't see foreclosure activity back to normal levels until the end of 2022. And even then, that's debatable. I mean, if equity keeps rising in homes, how is anyone foreclosing? I mean, if you bought a home any time before 2020, you should be positive equity at this point. I mean, how, how is it even possible you're not? Home prices are up 20% year over year. What sort of loan did you do? I mean, you could have done a VA 0% down and you're already positive equity. I mean, there, there's, who's, you can't do negative equity loans. And where is there a market where home prices are going down? So I don't, I don't know. I, how, that's not possible. There's, it's not out there. Who, who's negative equity? I don't understand this. Where are these people? I mean, I'm sure there's some housing markets, but nowhere near big enough to cause any type of a problem for the housing market. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your weekend. Oh, wait, hold on. What's happening? I always, I always forget. Give you an update. What is happening? We got retail sales coming out today at 8.30. Oh, that's always, that's always fun. So we'll talk. Uh, we'll be talking about that on Monday and more. We'll see what happens over the weekend, but you guys enjoy your weekend. I'll see you back here on Monday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. I'm Tyler Crawley, and as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.